podcast. He's Chris Marler. I'm Ken O'Gara. Marler, you know, it's Monday night, 8 o'clock. We talked roughly uh, 72 hours ago. Anything happened since then? The end of the world. Um, I mean, I owe Greg Sankey a apology, I think. I hope. I was, uh, was waiting for that. I yeah, was waiting I'm, for that. I'm hoping I get to give that to him. Um, that would be lovely. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want. I hope that's what he wants. Um, yeah, th- everything happened. Everything happened. Secret Service shot somebody today, Connor. Like, what? what is going on in the world that this is happening? We had uh, just every, pretty much every possible headline doomsday scenario that was thrown out there in the college football yep. world. If you were not on social media over the weekend or if you're listening to this now after maybe a break from, from Twitter or something like that, you took a, a, a vacation over the weekend, you're just getting caught up on everything. Yep. Who oh boy, did you miss some stuff? I, we had... I, I don't really remember a weekend quite like this where... Non-game day. Like, not yet, yeah, non-game day. We're talking all off-the-field stuff with... The inevitable, as it was originally reported, the inevitable end of fall sports was going to be announced by the end of this week. That was what was reported by Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated. Ross Dellinger has been all over all things COVID-related and breaking news and stuff. And what are administrators saying? We had two Power 5 athletic directors say on Saturday night to CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd that, hey, we think that college football is going to be canceled and it's going to be a Power 5 thing. So we get all that stuff that comes out Saturday. Yeah. And Saturday was rough. It was it was a brutal day I cried. all around. It was it was an emotional day. Yeah. It was an emotional day. It was one of those days again where we've had a few of them throughout this process where we're just kind of in a funk. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed it too, where I, I just sort of all of a sudden is like it reality hits a little bit when you see stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. said. And I'm not here to attack the legitimacy of the reporting or I anything will. like that. <laughs> but it's incredible how drastically things have changed seemingly since that time. Mm-hmm. Is it my turn? <laughs> I was gonna let you. I was gonna let you go off. You looked like you were. I just, you were I'm, gearing up. I'm so pissed, and I appreciate you letting me do that. I'm so pissed because, I mean, it, I, I I definitely am not in the camp of. You know, this group doesn't want to see football season. This these these guys don't want to see football season. And I understand how difficult it has to be if you're at that level and having to report and do your job to report on what's going on. And it's a I lot want to of, address that too. Yeah, of course. It, pretty in depth. Yeah. And it's and it's it's a lot of negative news. So it's like there's I know that there's guys out there that are like Brent McMurphy said it earlier today, and he was like, you know, he's like I'm a fan of college football. Like I like for my job, for my career, for like that's a guy that has gone from place to place and kind of had. You know, a, a little bit. I don't say like a vagabond, but like he's had a, like a, a little bit of a, a thing where he's had to go from one place to another, and he wants football season to right. happen and all that kind of stuff. And and I think he feels the same way a lot of us do, where it's like, hey, like, you know, I've been trying to be overly optimistic and speak it into existence that we're gonna have football because I honestly don't know what my life would be like without college football. It's been my favorite thing since I was a child, and and like in an unhealthy way, it has been my absolute favorite thing since I've been a child. I would be devastated. Absolutely devastated. Not just because of my job, just because of everything I laid out there. I think that there's also another group of people, and I think this is fair to say, that is in this weird kind of, I don't know, odd media-driven or, or like self, self-satisfying driven media that is doesn't want to be the one that's saying, like, hey, we're not going to have football season, but I tell you what, I'm going to be the first to tell you that we're not going to have it, and I want to be the first. I want to be the first to tell you that this is going to happen, and I want to be able to be the first to tell you that that this that like I was right. And and I, I honestly do think that there are a, a handful of people on both sides. And and I'll I'll just can I just yeah. say the names? Dan Wolken, Clay Travis, Dennis Dodd. I think all three of those guys would be just the way that they're built. There's something about them. It's like I would love to be the first guy to say it. And Dennis Dodd is a guy that I, I respect immensely from from his work and it, like for years and years and years. Okay, of, of of covering college football. That being said, this is a problem. This is a problem, and it's not the main thing we need to address on this podcast. But this is a problem when we're having the Detroit Free Press and newspaper that's been around for a hundred something years saying, "Hey, it's canceled. It's a 12-2 vote. They're gonna they're gonna announce it tomorrow." And then uh, three hours later, we hear so, like somebody else reporting. 
By the way, there was never even a vote. We don't even... Okay. Like, what is what is happening? Okay, so with the Big Ten, because that's what we found out. We're going to be a little bit all over the place in yeah, this podcast. Yeah, sorry, guys. And I, I'm, on purpose, I did not... I did not have a document in an yeah. order of things because you know what? That's been a bit of the product yeah. of this of these past three days and how crazy they've been since we were talking about the SEC schedule. And that's why I wanted to be able to just kind of go off the cuff with a lot of these things that we've been dissecting over the course of the last 72 hours. To address real quick the point on the, the, the report about the Big Ten and the Big Ten initially on Monday morning, we find out the report from the Detroit Free Press Chris Solari, who does great work for him and covers, has been covering Michigan State for a long time. The report that came out said that there was a 12-2 vote in favor from the university presidents, the Big Ten schools, to cancel the fall, the, the fall season. So, and the two schools, ironically enough, being Iowa and Nebraska. So not only do we have the vote, but we also had the two schools listed as to why, or as to who, was, who voted how. You know what I mean? Yes. And so a couple hours later, we find out from a Big Ten spokesman that, in fact, there was no vote and that apparently that didn't happen. And so the wave of emotion, because when one Power Five conference officially cancels, it takes on a much different tone than what we saw over the weekend when the MAC canceled. And when the MAC canceled on Saturday, that was kind of like, okay, but at the same time, this is why you could do the conference-only scheduling. You, You try and give the flexibility as much as possible. But when all of a sudden this was reported for the Big Ten, it was like, holy cow, the Big Ten in four days went from unveiling a schedule, having a two and a half hour scheduling show, to all of a sudden, like it leaks over the weekend that Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren is in favor of a spring season, which I question why that leaked in the first place if he didn't want that out there. Right. And all of a sudden, this lack of communication that has come out where it looks like, and there was reports that the Big Ten had was hoping that it was going to be able to make this announcement on Tuesday and it was going to have the Power Five support and that other Power Five commissioners were going to be in support of this. It was sort of like if the Big Ten, you know when you go to a pool and there's you know there's a high dive there, yeah. right? Like it takes a little bit sometimes it takes a little bit of courage to be able to go off the high dive. Not yeah. that it's like, you know, incredibly scary. There are scarier things in life. But it's Bullshit. the simple elements. You gotta kind of psych your, you gotta kind of psych yourself up for it. And then there's that moment of realizing, oh, I'm out on this high dive, and probably like everybody can kind of see me right yeah. now. This was essentially like the Big Ten getting up, climbing up those stairs, getting up to the high dive, looking around, feeling confident for a second, and realizing, oh my, my god, I pissed my pants. <laughs> this isn't good. This isn't good. And I, turning around and being like, oh, wait, we don't have the support of these other Power Five conferences. And I don't mean to give you the Dikembe Mutombo finger wave right here because I I am coming from a totally different stance. And, I, and I, I just, I'm just coming for people's throats like at this point because I'm so frustrated with how this whole thing is happening because I don't think that's what the Big Ten was trying to do. And, and I fully believe, and, and I reference this too much now at this point, okay? I reference it too much with the Matt Hayes thing of what he wanted. He said, like, the Big Ten trying to get out of this stuff ahead. And we praised them. We praised them on on Friday and talking about how great they did with the schedule. And I still stand by that. I think they did a much better job with the scheduling aspect of this whole thing than the SEC necessarily did. Now, I think that what they were trying to do in the same way what they were trying to do with their going rogue with the scheduling, with the, not, the only conference-only schedule they did like a month for everyone else, is I think mm-hmm. they were trying to force the hand of everyone else. And I tell you what. It's uh, ironic, though, right? But it, it's ironic because they 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 – prided themselves on being able to do their own thing. And Kevin Warren, who's a first-year Big Ten commissioner, says, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go rogue, despite the fact that they've been meeting with Power Five commissioners every single day. Every single and day. they make this announcement. And then now to be at this point where he just go, kind of goes out on a limb. And I I absolutely 100 percent of my heart of hearts think that he he had this leak on purpose. Yo, and he wanted most to see the public reaction. Are. He wanted to force the hand. Yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. Mo- most times, if you hear information that leaks, it is because somebody has released it on purpose to see to gauge reactions yes. from someone else. Now, but again, like, and I, like, I, I don't respect the Big Ten in any way. Like, I mean, like, I just, I, well, that's, that's probably a bit much. But I don't respect the Big Ten in a lot of ways, and you guys know that. But ever since I heard this thing about the scheduling thing, when we heard behind the scenes, you're talking about all five Power Five conferences were good trying to work together, and the Big Ten went rogue. And then everybody's like, wait, what? What? Yeah, what, what, what is happening right now? And so, yeah, I fully, fully believe. And I think, uh, you know, DK has been, oh, my man, 
just coming for people's necks on, on Twitter. But, like, he even brought up the point a couple weeks ago and called me out to defend the SEC. Called me out, and I was wrong. And he said, hey, man, like, this is hitting people at different times. Like, this is hitting the North at different times. It's hitting the South. It's affecting people. The numbers are different. It's not just because, and, and, and I've been wrong about this before, it's not just because, well, people don't want to wear masks. This is where we are. This is how everything's happening, okay? That is a part of it, but it's not, like, the whole picture of what we're dealing with right mm-hmm. now. So with the Big Ten... I fully believe Chris Wright said this in the Slack today, like our, our company Slack, a little pill behind the onion, and and I, I you know, I, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was spot on, okay. And that's saying something because like that's there's not we always don't agree with each other. Just just the way this is a very volatile time, you know what I mean? And so he brought the point. He goes, it felt like the Big Ten was trying to was trying to make a decision, and they thought they were going to be able to say like, hey, jump, and everyone else is going to be like, okay, well, how high? Because the Pac-12, which has been nothing but lap dogs for the Big Ten this entire offseason, they decided it's it's a, it's pathetic to watch. It's it is whatever crony you want to you want to throw in from like a movie with a bully. That's all the Pac-12 is. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay, you're right. They're man. a little bit like Turtle with uh, in Entourage. Yeah, I was gonna say Scott Farkas from Christmas Story, the little crony little sidekick he had. That's the Pac-12, but not as fierce. Not I was saying like early season Andy too. Oh uh, yeah, where Andy just like because you, if you remember in in Sanford when he's trying to just <laughs> you want to say, side with Josh, yeah, <laughs> just constantly, and then he goes to Scranton and yeah. it's all about what's Michael gonna do, and he just like latches on to whatever. That's pretty much what the Pac-12 has done. When a meme with that later, that's good. Yeah. All right. That's I fine. will be second in command uh, with by using everyone's name. anyway. Bottom line. So the whole thing is, I I, I think the Big Ten thought they were going to say something that they were going to make a stand, and I think that it is affecting those people differently. I think that those universities are better top to bottom academically, and if and I think a lot of this though is again we talked about this before. This is not something that's going to be made decisions made from the athletic directors or the coaches. This is going to be made from the presidents, the board of governors, all these people that are higher up than them, right? And so. You have to, there's a lot of people, I think, that have made this completely political, not from a Democratic and Republic standpoint at all, so don't hear that when I say it, but they made it political when it's been like, you know what, I don't want to be a football first university. I want people to respect the fact that we are an academic institution, and we are going to do this for the good of the students, and the good of the, like the, the, the players, and all that kind of stuff, and I think what happened was they got caught trying to do something and trying to make a stand because it was going to be what was best for them and then pretended that it's, hey, this is what's best for everybody. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, we've talked about it before on here, and I, I even thought it was concerning, and now I kind of feel like it's just absolute BS. When you have over 200, I think it was over 200 tests done at Penn State, and you come back with one positive test. When you have 344 tests on the student-athletes at the University of Michigan and only five come back positive across the entire thing, Harbaugh, I was siding with Harbaugh, Harbaugh today. He said today, he goes, we figured, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm like out of breath and like effing fired up right now, but it <laughs> pisses me off. But like even, even Harbaugh said, he was like, you know, like we have figured out a way to essentially control this thing or keep it in check. Like, at the universities. And it, it just blows my mind that we could sit here and think that this isn't some sort of self-serving way and self-serving move from the Big Ten. Because it a thousand percent is. Over the weekend when Kevin Warren came out and was reportedly involved in these, um, I don't want to say doomsday scenarios, but that's, that's a bit what it felt like. Yeah. And when he was involved in that and... You see some of the stuff that's sort of leaking and it's out there. And at the time, maybe this is connecting dots a little bit too much, but Do it, it smelled fishy. It smelled fishy. And I'm going to get to connect why connecting dots isn't the best thing and why it can be troublesome and why generalizing is, is frustrating and it just leads to more conflict, especially in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. But I think that when Kevin Warren was pushing back and when stuff like this is leaking it seemed like it was in response to these players getting more control. Matt yep. Hayes came on this podcast and talked about how administrators feared the possible unionization. Mm-hmm. And they got to this point that was over the weekend, Sunday night, that was different than anything we've seen before. We saw the Pac-12 players movement, the demands that they made in the Players' Tribune, which a little bit was like kind of just shoot your shot and see what yeah. happens with so many of those things. And the Big Ten didn't threaten to sit out, but the Big Ten had a lot of these demands as well. And so the Pac-12 already had the the, the structure in place to be able to make this, this movement happen. And the We Want to Play movement that was spearheaded by these prominent, 
prominent future millionaires in college yeah. football was an incredible thing to watch unfold if you stayed up late Sunday night or if you just were like myself and went to bed at 10.30 on Sunday night and caught up very <sighs> early on Monday morning. I missed that, yeah. Yeah. There was an incredible thing to watch happen and something that I think we're going to be talking about for decades. Decades. From now, whether or not college football happens in 2020 or not, just because of some of the precedent that was set in terms of having a clear and concise plan where those players, including Justin Fields and Najee Harris and Shuba Hubbard and all these prominent figures in college football, even the Washington State player who's like out here designing the graphic for it, six points, six points that players came back with in this we want to play thing that got tra- that was to the point where I think 12 hours after it initially like started to pick up scene where Trevor Lawrence tweeted out it had like 91,000 different retweets yeah. where it was trending nationally and this was something that made was that an video. incredible thing to see it was beautiful You'd, yeah i mean that was how could people forget that that, that <laughs> probably got so much more momentum behind it because of that you're welcome you so you see these dynamics at play and it's been incredible to watch all yeah. this unfold like Regardless of where you stand on all of this, if you're of the impression that they should be playing no matter what, if you're of the impression that they shouldn't be playing during a pandemic, however you fall on this, be grateful to know that there were leaders in college football on the player side who said, we haven't been heard. Here is the way in which we need to be heard because we are not able to make these decisions for ourselves. We're not able to, to legally assign our own liability. And that's what's been the frustration and the stopgap with these power five decision makers and why this has gotten us to this point because there could have been more communication early on with all of this stuff. What? Yeah, to put it mildly, Connor. I mean- But I think that goes around for everybody. Sure, I I don't think that's, I think that's within, in in hindsight, this is an easy thing to say now, and I I promise I'll let you go off on this. This is an easy thing to say now, but if if they, if players had to do it over again, they would have collectively, collectively as a power five group tried to get behind this when voluntary workouts were first starting to happen mm-hmm. and they were first starting to see this, the testing protocols. And that's not to say that everybody was upset with the testing protocols. We saw no. Ohio State players come out. We saw Penn State players come out. We saw players in the SEC come out and say, we feel like our university is truly putting our yeah. best interests at heart. But the issue is when you're doing a conference by conference and it was so divided and you didn't necessarily have that, that unison like you finally saw on Sunday night into yeah. the wee hours of Monday morning, it changes the conversation when you see that much momentum. And I think, I can't help but think that if we do ultimately have a college football season, and if the narrative has been changed, man, y'all owe Trevor Lawrence some apologies. I tell you what, listen, Michael Wayne Bratton, shout out to one of our coworkers. He said the most truthful thing, it like stopped me in my tracks. Truthful Where were you walking? I I went to the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> so Michael Wayne Bratton said, "Michael Wayne Bratton, that's that's an all-time moment we just had here." Michael Wayne Bratton said, um, "He said flat out, he, like, so I saw the Trevor Lawrence stuff, and it's like, you know, listen, I like admit it, whether you want to or not. A lot of us and a lot of fans and a lot of people have treated college athletes as less than for a long time, and and, and not just because they're kids or whatever else. And, and I'm not trying to get political or or." divide or anything i just think if we're being honest ourselves a lot of us have really looked at them and been like all right well they they don't know what's best for them they they don't know how lucky they are to have a a college scholarship or they don't know what it's like to have this this, and this and like how much is that scholarship worth all these things that we kind of talk for athletes and and refuse let them kind of talk for themselves i mean you think about it connor this is a group that that legitimately they they just got the ability to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And when I say they're that, they're going to be able. To. Yeah, but they but like I when I say that, it still blows my mind because it's like, dude, you can't make money off your own name. I'm not allowed to sign my name and receive money for it. That's a crazy thing to really think about. So when this stuff happened this weekend, Trevor Lawrence. A lot of times, I think people. It's not like a shut up and dribble situation, but it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they, they want to play. They're just saying this because of this and that. Blah blah. blah. The fact that Trevor Lawrence went off on Twitter about this whole thing and used his platform and been like, hey, here's every, it's not just hashtag we want to play. Here's a three tweet, like well written, well thought out, like brought up a great point of, of all well. of it of like, hey, here's why it's important. Here, it's not just because we want to play and we want to do this and that, like, and, and we want to have a season because we love football. No, it's like, here's here's the socioeconomics of it. Here's here's how it's going to affect people from, like, different races and backgrounds. Here's how it's going to affect people that have to go home and can't really necessarily have 
a season to it, like, or a, a time to where they are in the healthiest and, and most elite and premier, I guess, like settings for how they'll be safe during this global pandemic. Right? Like, I mean, like he, he, mm-hmm. he laid out so many good points and Michael Wayne Bratton made the comment. He said, Trevor Lawrence did more for college football in a week on Twitter, right? For in a week. Then Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, did all excuse excuse my language, but all f-ing year. And I, like I'm sorry to use that, but like it's Ooh, just it's so one, frustrating bro. because it's like I, it's fired me up so much because it makes me so mad that what these people have been looking for is leadership and someone be like you're not going to let us lead ourselves at all, right? We don't have that voice. We don't have the ability to do that. Every time we do, we get threatened to be shut down somehow. We don't have the ability to do that. How, like how who is going to lead us? And there's been no answers across the board from any way, especially answers that are having the best interest of these players in mind. It's it's so self-serving and it, it just, and, and very disheartening to watch happen unfold over and over and over again. And I feel like now that we're, we're getting closer to like, oh man, there's so much uncertainty. It's like this wild, wild west of, of like, well, what are we going to do? And you have this <laughs> white knight, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence comes out, like this beautiful hair shows up on the, like, not white knight, the white horse is what I keep always saying. Uh, this hero showing up. And, and I think it's been it's been done, it's done so much more for football than the NCAA or any other Power Five conference has done because that is what's 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 caused unity, not this like conference by conference decision of what we're gonna do. If I hear if I hear how the optics look one more time, if I hear dominoes falling one more time, I, I'm gonna lose it because every single one of these things are like, well, the optics of it would look so bad if the SEC decided not to fall in line. Or the dominoes are going to start falling because, you know, you're going to have the Big Ten and the Pac-12. They're all doing it for themselves. That has nothing to do with the rest of the country and the rest of the conference and what's doing what's best for college football. It's what's best for the, these people. Isn't it crazy that, like, a week ago we are talking about whether or not Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and these guys are going to opt out? Yeah. And instead, not, not only do they come out and say, we're playing football if there's a season, but... We're gonna do everything in our power to make sure that that happens. Make a difference. Hopping on, hopping on a Zoom call and being able to hash this stuff out and get on the same page. And it was, I thought those six points that they made in there were all legitimate, all fair. They said in there they ultimately want to establish a union. Now that word in itself Scary. is extremely complicated, and there are a lot of issues that go with that dating back to the like National Labor Union yeah. Act or whatever it was, 1936, that has prevented college athletes from getting to this point. We saw King Coulter, the Northwestern quarterback, back in 2014 who tried to start this movement as well. It was turned into, hey, look, these are, these are ultimately, even if you're at a private institution like Northwestern, if you're dealing with state employees, which is what they would have to become, college athletes would have to become, it creates a different set of, of circumstances that they can't cross that bridge because right. of the laws that are in place in our country. So while that is kind of sort of on the back burner, the whole union thing, just showing that college football players can actually have a voice in this whole deal, which I'm not saying that's necessarily going to make or break it. There's a reason that Power 5 administrators didn't just sit them down and be like, hey, here's a survey. Drill this out. You want to play? We have a season. You don't? We don't want to play? There are so many other things that go into this. And this issue is, it is nuanced. And if somebody's telling you that this whole deal is black and white, one, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're just flat out wrong. Because we would have had this figured out a long time ago. And this thing has, has changed a lot. Now, part of the point that I wanted to bring up with why this this is not so black and white right. and why it's been seen as that and why I'm not crazy about connecting the dots and why that has really, I think, hurt kind of the conversation about college football, especially over the weekend. Our boy DK, we love Cannell. Mm-hmm. We love Cannell. Not, we don't always agree with Cannell at all. I do. We don't. Okay. This weekend was a good, <laughs> this weekend though, in my opinion, was a good example of why we need to not necessarily just jump to conclusions with certain things and why we need to actually have context with every possible thing that we look at. So DK's tweet that went very, very viral in the college football media scape, and I think this, this impacts fans too, and that's why I want to talk about this. DK said what's been on the minds of some, and I'm not even going to go down that road with this person because in my opinion, like, if you just cherry pick one, you know, one side of the story, this person's not their their opinions aren't necessarily worth entertaining because they're obviously pushing a certain agenda. DK came out and said, 
look, I think that while there are a lot of college football writers who like legitimately, they work hard, they grind, they want this season to happen, I believe that there are some who are, so to speak, rooting against it. Yep. And that there are college football media members who don't want to see happen because they want to be able to say, I told you so. That's the key point in that. And that he wasn't saying it for everyone. He wasn't saying that all yeah. college football media is bad, all that. I get it. You, you, it's making the blanket statement of it. Yeah. It's been, has been the agenda of another college football, or I don't know if he's a college football, whatever you want to call him. But, like, yeah, you're right. I don't think that's exactly what, what DK was trying to do. Here's the problem, though, with it. And I'm not going to, like, I'm not even trying to defend, you know, people like Dan Wolken and Dennis Dodd and Stuart Mandel yeah. and people in this business who, like, I think do good work. Yeah. But I think here's the problem. When you are the person that is reporting on a hard news subject, and oh, by the way, I mean, we haven't really had like player availability in the last five months where players have been able to talk. Right. And those people are generally focused more so on hard news. And you know what? If there is something that's going on at Colorado State or something like that with Mike Bobo and that whole deal, they're going to be the first ones that are going to be like, hey, this is relevant. College football fans should know about it. It's this pushback against the system to just kind of cover everything up. And I do also at the same time think that people don't necessarily understand the full deal of reporting coronavirus-related stuff. Right. And how there are, like, we'll get emails saying, like, hey, whenever you see, like, the numbers about Michigan's coronavirus numbers and their positive tests, Michigan's literally emailing all of college football telling us that. Like, if we were covering that information up and if Michigan had 35 positive tests and we were covering that information up because we want to see a college football season, that would be pushing our agenda. That would be corrupt as Excuse me. That would that'd be bad. That'd be really bad. Here's here's the issue though, and the one thing I'll say, and it's not even in defense of you know the people like that on social media. I don't think they realize how they come off all the time and how snarky they are. Condescending. And how yeah, it's it's a condescending way about them to where if the vast majority of the stuff that you're tweeting, I'm not saying it's all of it, and I do think that I'm not going to sit here and say that Dan Wolken hates sports necessarily. No, I don't think he hates or that sports. Stuart Mandel hates sports. But I think that when... He loves tennis. Dan Wilkin <laughs> loves tennis. So yeah, I agree He does. That. He's a big tennis guy. When you see those two things, it's the snarkiness and it's the negative tweets. And people add those two things up and mm-hmm. say, you are rooting against this from happening. And one of the other things that Canal said, it's a shame that that's the reason we're not going to have a season when... that is wrong. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the other big problem. Because right. if you are a Power 5 decision maker and you are letting an editorial vision influence your decision of whether or not to have college football instead of the data, the medical officials, all those different things. That's a problem. And that's what's wrong. And so what what I that's the reason that I didn't want DK's statement to necessarily speak for the masses when it was he who made it, even though it got shared and it was it was taken all all sorts of different ways with the college football media sphere. Because it's not as simple as saying, well DK you're just blatantly wrong and that's lazy and I'm just going to be like, of course I want sports to happen. I think that other part is important to note of why people feel that way in the first place. No, I agree with that. And I think that I think that with, with DK, you know, th- 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 there's no part of me that thinks that anybody in this, this, this business is trying to do lazy reporting, like trying to like, like have a lack of effort, especially at this moment when there's, it's like crunch time and there's so much happening. And like, I, you know, Y'all, me and Connor got on this call, and I, I had a little bit of a different... It, it was like... It's just like we had... We, like, I got on, and I was like, how was your day? Because, <laughs> you know, it's like... This has been this has been outside of a game day. This is the craziest... Like, like legitimately, outside of me having my appendix out on a Friday, LSU, Texas on Saturday, this is the craziest 48 hours I have ever had in this Emotional business. Emotional roller coaster. Um, it's, it, it's just been brutal. so much. And, like, and again, I, I can tell you... From my own my own feelings, I will be absolutely crushed if we don't have a football season. Now Same. the stuff with with I, I agree with you with what you're saying. Like it, I think people do have a hard time having like you know I'll just you know what I'll just speak from the heart here. I think people do have a hard time realizing that like you know me report or people reporting on something like hey here's the facts of what's going on with coronavirus. This is acknowledging not like a, is not rooting. Acknowledging yeah. is not rooting. And here's here's what I'm. This is what my editor asked me to report on. And I tell you what, man. There's a reason why Dennis Dodd, Stuart Mandel, and, and Dan Wolken, I'm sure there's a reason, well, the first two especially, that got to this point in their careers with the publications they're with. And, that, and hats off to them. I think they I do a great job, right? I've been reading Dennis Dodd since I was 15 years old, right? I, I, like, I, I think it's obviously that guy has done enough in this business where he's 
should earn he's he's earned our respect. Mm-hmm. When you say that people don't want it's a, the snarkiness and then the facts that they're they're bringing out and people get that confused. I think there's part of that is true. And I think one reason where we've we've gotten we've lost as a society in general to be honest is this whole thing and I, I'm not blaming Clay Travis but the Corona Bros thing. That like labeling something, giving it a label and a name and giving it legs into being like well, that's that's all they think. We got a we got a message last night from somebody saying like, "You guys are just a bunch of Corona Bros that don't want football season." Cannot begin to tell you how much that pisses me off and how how Gosh, unfactual so... that really is. So, and and I don't like I don't think that's like all of this isn't Clay Travis's fault by any means. By any means, just like it's also not Dan Wilkin or Dennis Dodd's fault. But when you when you do stuff for your own gain and you 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 benefit from it by labeling something and saying like see everyone else is just like this everyone is it's it's the same thing with politics like republicans just want to do this democrats just want to do this and it makes it it's very, lazy it's, it's lazy, lazy and it makes this. it very divisive and all, as well and like where people are going to be like yeah you know what that's i i don't want i want football season so i'm on this side and, and those other people they're all generalized into whatever you want to say into this little little you know label or whatever that being said, Dan Wolken, every interaction I've ever had with Dan Wolken would lead me to believe that what Danny Cannell said is true. And I, and I know that we might disagree on that, and, I, and I'm not trying to have like a, a slander Wolken sesh at all, because we just, I do that enough off air. But like, if, if you ask me today, like, do you think that that guy would rather have football season or be right? I would 1,000% say I think he would rather be right. I, I really do. And I think that's just how he's built and how he's wired. And that is not just because of what I've seen from his work. It's because of what I saw in the College Football Hall of Fame two years ago in 2018 at Media Days when he stood up in front of all of his peers to promote his own effing article. We're all writing stuff. We're all doing the same job. You what makes writing? you No, I'm not anymore. I mean, you know I need way too much validation for that. I was writing tweets, bro. <laughs> I mean, but like, but like, we're all doing the same job, and I can't imagine, like, 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 it, it would feel weird to me if I was like, "Hey, Connor, read this," or if you did that to me, like, you don't ever push your shit to me. Excuse my language again, dang it. Like, you never push your stuff to be like, "Hey, look what I wrote." It's weird to stand up and think that you're that important and you're that self-involved to be like, "Hey, everyone's gonna want to see what I wrote." No, man, and and so I do, I do honestly feel like that's who he is, and I, I, I that's just my opinion, and I could be totally wrong, and I hope I am, but that's just my opinion of who he is. For those who don't really understand kind of the background of what's associated with a, a day like this, yeah, you know, I, I realize that we're an SEC football podcast and we talk national college football stuff, but just so that people kind of understand this, you know, I've said this before in this podcast, I moved down here five years ago, just over five years ago, yeah. as of two weeks ago, I moved from central Nebraska where I had a job grinding covering a, a lot of different a lot of different high school sports <laughs> I, I yeah seriously i wrote in more nebraska subway sandwich count shops than i could ever ever count covering you know nebraska football home games and stuff like that and doing that because not because it was like near where i grew up or anything yeah. i mean it was 10 hours from where i grew up you just love because nebraska high school I, football brother i do man i do <laughs> um no but like i came down to orlando to start our Big Ten site. That's what I was hired to yeah. do. I was hired to be the first and only writer for our Big Ten site, SaturdayTradition.com. And for an entire first season, that's exactly what I did. We hired Dustin Schutte on board. I hired him after that first year. He came out in a part-time role. And then Dustin has been able to come on eventually as a full-time as a full-time guy. Last season, my brother gets started writing columns for us, doing a part-time role. This season, his role has expanded even more. He's yeah. writing more columns for, than us than than ever before and he's been able to weigh in on this and it's been awesome being able to talk to my brother who literally texted me during this podcast hey you have a minute to talk i want to be able to run through a column i've yeah. been talking to my brother like almost daily about all of this stuff and it's really helped to be able to sort through all of this and he's more invested in a season than ever right and i i don't know what the future holds for all, all those who are like in our position, who you know, a Big Ten website, what the future would hold if all of a sudden they announced that the season was canceled. Right. My heart sank when I first saw that that report this morning, and I thought, man, for all these people who have put in so much time and effort, and for something that that I helped start five years ago, yeah. of seeing all of that and and not knowing what the future holds for that. 
that like that hit me that hit yeah. me in a way that there that very few things can and i think that people don't always realize that when they they follow us on twitter or they see something like that like i uprooted my life to be able to cover college football and took the biggest gamble of my life and left my engaged you know, my engaged i was engaged with my fiance and went to move to the other side of the country and said trust me this thing is going to work yeah so when someone tells me that I'm actively rooting against college football, yeah, it pisses me off. Yeah. I don't like it when people generalize. I love this sport. I want to figure out the best way to possibly do this in a safe way that allows these schools to be able to not necessarily completely rip apart everything that they've built. And I want to see all these protocols put in place. And I want to see people like Joe Burrow that go from a junior year nobody. Yeah. You see that tweet that he threw out where he's a junior year nobody and all of a sudden he's a senior and he's the number one overall draft pick Heisman Trophy, one of the best players in college football history. I want to be able to see all of those things. So when someone sits here and is lazy and tells me, oh yeah, you're just rooting against college football because you're sharing something about this pandemic, Man, I'll fight you know that public, there's bro. so much more. I sold my effing Buick Regal to go to the 2009 SC Championship game. <laughs> you have no idea. I threw a tennis match when I was eight years old to go watch Bama lose by one point. Get the f- out of here. Like, I, I just, you know, I don't want to I don't want to Mike Gundy this whole thing, but I will rip my shirt off and fight you in the front yard if you ever say this to me again on Twitter. Not you, but you know what I'm Did saying. Did he do that? No. How <laughs> was that, Mike? Duffy? I guess I was the whole "I'm a man, I'm 40" thing, and then I got it was misguided right. because somebody on, yeah. on Facebook today told me they would come over to my house and fight me in the front yard, and I was like, "All right, well, you're wrong, still, and I won that fight." But I mean, like, I, yeah, it just it does it bothers me a lot, and this is I don't think we need to this is this podcast doesn't need to be something where we like have to feel like we defend our fan. No, I think, I think yeah. our our content, yeah, yeah, I think I think that it, that it obviously backs it up, but it does it does like it it honestly. It like I I don't care how this sounds. I told I told Allie this the other day, and I was like, I was like, do you love me? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry that I've cried for no reason today. Like like I didn't and I didn't like sob or but it wasn't like that. But it's like, yeah, man, I teared up several times. This is my favorite thing in the world, and this is like, you know, I I'm not gonna try to get emotional on this right now. But if I have to live in an effing world where I was supposed to get married twice this year and then to one person. But like married twice this year. That was a good thing to throw in. There. <laughs> yeah. That was smart. If you're not yeah. a, if you're not a loyal listener, let me just make sure I clarify. But you know, yeah. and then not have a football season, it would it would be like there's just I, I, I don't want to say words can't describe, but it would be absolutely effing devastating to me if we didn't have a season. And I tell you what, that that's from a job, from a fan, from whatever. If I'm just being a homer, we had four people that might have been a first-round pick last year come back for Bama. You think I want to miss this season? <laughs> Get the F out of here. The good news, if you're an SEC fan, here's the good news. While the Big Ten has expressed reservations, uh, yeah. and it's this, it's a heart condition and the heart-related impacts of COVID, and that is what apparently gave the Big Ten such a sudden pause over the weekend. Right. And seeing that there are five Big Ten athletes who are dealing with with these these heart related impacts of COVID with an enlarged heart, it's called myocarditis. 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 Yeah, I haven't been able to say that on air yet. Can you tell why? <laughs> um, but that's that's so that's been that's been the pushback. Now, on the SEC side and on the ACC side, reportedly as well, which Scott Satterfield, Louisville coach, tip Love the cap, it. tip the cap to him for saying, look, we put these protocols in place. We have pushed back the start of the season. SEC doesn't play football. By the time people are listening to this, it'll be 46 days before right. the SEC has its first game. And yes, while I understand, and don't get me wrong, there are obviously concerns. There are still things that we need to be able to figure out with this virus, how it impacts these kids long after they have it. Yeah. What's going to happen when kids get back on campus? All of these things that we're still trying to figure out. But here's the good news. If you're the SEC... The SEC is going to be able to try and let this process play out. Mm-hmm. I criticized Greg Sankey the other day for being on his heels yep. a little bit at times. But you know what? I think at a time like now, having some patience, not reacting necessarily irrationally, and being able to take a deep breath. That's what everybody needs to do right now. Yeah, Take a deep breath and just process what in the world we're dealing with, the best possible way to go about this. And you know what? If the numbers indicate... When, when, when camp starts and if these numbers are going up and we're seeing more yeah. and more outbreaks and stuff like that, that changes the conversation. SEC isn't set to start camp yet until August 17th. They pushed that date back from when it originally was supposed to start. The season, like I said, a little less than two months away from happening. Right. Let's get more information. Let's yeah. continue to figure this stuff out. And if 
And if, you know, myocarditis is continuing to be a concern. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just that you keep looking at the screen to say myocarditis. And at the same time, I'm up here like. I have it written down I'm, right here. You wrote your notes? No, I wrote are, that down. This, are these are work. These are workouts. No, these are workouts. Oh, okay. I wrote down one word. Yeah. Cool. Are no, you write down your workouts? All right. But anyway, I'm sitting here watching the the LSU Auburn '88 game, the 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 earthquake game. So I was just cracking up because I was like looking away, and I was like, oh, maybe he's distracted. And you're like, no, no, you're just trying to pronounce words. Maybe I should do no, that because no. I can't pronounce a lot of words. Go ahead. Go I do ahead. it every once in a while. Yeah. It, it helps me every yeah. once in a while just to be able to have that written out. But you know, the SEC is showing patience, mm-hmm. and. It'd be different, maybe, all of a sudden, if four Power Five conferences were like, yeah, we're, we're, we're not having this season. And at the same time, there'd still be that little small chance that Saint could be like, well, let's wait and see kind of how this is going to play out. I don't think that'll happen. But is there still a possibility at this point, it seems like there could be, that if the Big Ten ultimately does decide to not have a college football season and the Pac-12 does follow suit because that's, that would just be the Pac-12 thing to do, of what would happen if the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC still had a season. It seems like something that's that would be thrown out on Reddit that all of a sudden does not seem crazy. I So here's the deal, and I, we've probably talked too much, not enough about this. Man, that guy, this game is fantastic. Um we probably, ADD is getting the best of you right crazy. now. Well, it's, it? it's 9 o'clock. But, like, here's the deal. I think I think that most of – we probably could have talked more about this on the episode. But I just – I'm in the camp, and I, I am – admittedly, I'm, I'm like, fully into, like, we are – we're the premier conference. I, I don't trust the Big Ten. Why would I – why would I sit here and think that – like, like I haven't heard one good reason – Someone said besides the optics or whatever else is, well, the Big Ten is going to cancel, so the SEC will fall. The dominoes are going to fall. I haven't heard one good reason as to why that is going to happen. I, I, like I, I, that, I, that I believe. Like Again, you are asking the rest of the country, the other five conferences, to sit here and trust the Big Ten, who has already proven this offseason they are not trustworthy in doing something for the good of the whole as they've gone rogue with the scheduling. And I do not believe that they're doing this because of the fact that they want to have what's in the best interest for student-athletes. I just don't. I, I don't. And I hate to sound like that. I don't want to sound like this like conspiracy theorist, but I, I don't understand why the SEC... I, I, if, you, if you're telling me that the SEC is going to purely base their decision when their season starts 46 days from now, not tomorrow, not as not the same week as the, the Big Ten, why is that decision going to be based off of what the Big Ten does or what the Pac-12 does? Can we talk about Saban's quote real quick? We can absolutely I thought it was talk about interesting. Saban's quote. I just... <laughs> I don't have to pull your arm on that. I thought it was interesting. How about Kristen's tweet? It went viral with a Hispanic uh, news. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> My God, it was today's been a day. Go ahead, though. Saban had this quote talking to his best friend Chris Lowe, where he said he doesn't feel any signs of slowing down. He's going to play till he's eighty-five. No, yeah. he didn't say that. Um, he probably did off the record. Right. Chris Lowe's going to use that in, like a story that's going to come out in two weeks or something. He's just, just saving that. Yeah, I just give him a hard time. Um, good story. Great that Saban got a message out there. Saban, obviously not on Twitter, can't come out necessarily in the same way that some of these other coaches have. So Saban chose to get his message out this way. And Alex Leatherwood was also quoted in the story as well with Chris Lowe. And he had a quote where he said, I know I'll be criticized no matter what I say. Love that. That I don't care about player safety. Look, players are a lot safer with us than they are running around at home. There are th- there are uh, things yeah. that in there there are po- there are other points in this story that Saban makes that are worth considering absolutely worth considering. He makes the point about how why are why is it football programs that are under fire when universities are bringing kids back on campus okay. and they don't have the same protocols. Let's talk about that. That's that's what I wanted. To, that's what I wanted to get to. Real quick, real quick. The one thing that I'll say that I don't yeah. agree with on the Saban quote is that these players won't be sent home. They're, they're still going to be able to, to work out at the facility to get the proper testing, to be able to do those things. It's not like they're just going to be cast off a side and they're going to have to go home ex- to the exact same atmosphere. Could there still be some less, you know, maybe less motivation to want to stay on a football right. team to do that? Are you all of a sudden like, hey, it's going to be really difficult for maybe kids to continue to keep their grades up that they don't have football to be able to prioritize their time with? I don't know. That's a different, maybe a different discussion. 
But that's the, I wanted that to be known as well because it's not as simple as, oh, we're just going to kick these kids off campus if we cancel the football season. And, and so, and that is something, and I hate that, I, I hate that, that like, this is, like, the focal point of the saving quote that we're, but this, because I think, I thought about this we yesterday. We get to the other point, though. It, it makes no sense to where it's like, I, I know that Jacob Copeland, for instance, the receiver from UF, love this dude. Um, it, I, I was so excited to see him play, too, this season, because, or I am, I'll say I, I am excited to see him play this he season. He and Tony. Because, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's had... Just the physical transformation of this kid is, has been awesome to watch. But anyway, he made the comment. He's like, there's nothing for me at home if I go back to the slums, blah, blah, blah. I, oh, I yeah, do feel cool, like that's yeah. a little bit, and I, I'm not speaking for him, and I never would, but like that that reaction of like, well, they're safer on campus, I fully agree they are. I think they're like under the, under the watchful eye of these programs. I think they definitely are. But as opposed to them going home, I don't really understand that, I guess is what I'll say. I don't understand that mindset because I, I don't think they're going to be sent home. I, like I, well, I that's that's also part of the lack of communication with this right. whole thing. Like they don't even. So that was one of the things that came out too with the Big Ten was they're like, wait a minute, we don't even know how exactly we're going to follow protocols X, Y, and Z if we right. do cancel the season. How it's going to work for all these different things. They don't know what's going to happen with transfers. Are right. kids going to be able to go? Like, what's going to happen if certain Power Five conferences play and others don't? Right. Are those kids going to be able to transfer to those Power Five schools? Are you going to have the NCAA have to give everybody? You know, an el- like an eligibility well, waiver. I, I don't know what's going to happen with all those. And those decision makers haven't even figured that out yet. And that just kind of shows you the lack of communication that's gone on with this whole thing. Well, and then my point to that is, is it's kind of funny to me to watch that that mindset because, because again, I think this is people that are doing this for themselves. And I think that like, when you look at the Big Ten, like, well, we can't have these these players can't play football. But then why are you saying? That you can have all these play these students back on these campus, on, and the yeah. reason why, in my opinion, I don't. I, this is not. I'm not saying I have 100 percent evidence to facts to back this up, but this is my opinion, and I will believe this until proven otherwise. Is that presidents are saying that kids have to be on campus for school so they can justify charging them full tuition prices yes. so they can go. That was good. Yes. So they, That's can, ju- the they problem. can justify. Yeah. And so, and again, when I say. That takes me right back to my argument against the Big Ten. Why the F do you think I would trust you to be like, oh, you're doing this for the benefit of, of all the student athletes? No, you're not. Because the argument has always been, has always been, for like Division One, especially, like, well, they get preferential treatment, they're football players. And now all of a sudden, we're going to sit here and say, well, they're not getting, they're not going to get the LSU score, they had an earthquake. So you're going to all no of a sudden way. tell me, you're going to all of a sudden tell me, that those guys that we have been like almost to a fault have been ragging on like, well, they get preferential treatment just because they're football players. We think that they're going to be on campus with other students that you have invited back and said that you have like, like, and this is, this is as of a few months ago, but I believe it was six of the 14 SEC schools have said they want mandatory in-person classes. And this is, this is not updated. I checked this out. I think the latest one was in like June or May or something like that. I I wasn't able to find like like the current situation of how many SEC schools did that. Uh, I know in March it was 13 of 14 SEC schools wanted in-person. Vandy, Ole Miss, right. they still have in-person so, classes. So you're telling me that all of a sudden you want all of these other students who are who have nothing, like who don't have as much to, to I almost said play for, but they don't have as much to lose by being yeah. on campus. You're saying that they can be on campus, but the student athletes who are like, like and I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take this from the Joe Burrow thing, because I got chills when I read that tweet of, you know what? If if I'm not able to play last year, and he's like, he's like, I hope they hear the voices of the decision makers, hear the voices of these players, because if I'm not able to play last year, I'm probably looking for a job right now, and that's true. He probably is. Like it's like a crazy and, thought, and it's it is a crazy thought. But but like, why all of a sudden are we talking about how? Like it went from this whole argument of well, football players they get too much, and they get they get all this preferential treatment, they get free scholarship, free place to live, they get a stipend, all sorts of stuff. To now all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't know if we can manage it, but other students can. What what are y'all talking about? I think it'd be different too if they were all the if they if they were in the camp of everybody can stay home and take online classes, but football players have to be on campus and they're going to be interacting in the community as yeah. well because. They call it like virtual bubbles. They're not actually bubbles. You no. can't have a bubble on a college campus. You're still living in a college town. Well, you still go to the grocery store. You still inter- interact in the community. There are people that you that you cross paths with all the time, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. There's no official college bubble. So that, to me, is the frustrating thing because yeah. they're still making them go back to class. They're still on campus, and they're not willing to just say, hey, football players across the board, y'all get online classes. We can, we can figure this out. You are different. We're acknowledging that you're in a right. different situation. They won't do that. And that's that's the thing that uh, Momo Sonogo brought up a few weeks ago that, in that meeting with 
the meeting with the, the SEC officials and the medical experts and stuff and saying like, I have four classes this week that I have to be in person for. How are you going to make sure that that person that's sitting up in the, you know, that's sitting that's a row away from me, and that's that's the issue with and, this whole deal. Wide, it's not yeah. just protecting themselves. It's it's what others are doing and and not having the same the same sort of incentives to do it. And if that that argument, I get. I if you want to come out and say this is why it's going to be hard to control, hard to police, and all that kind of stuff, I, I would support that. I would I would I would understand if that was your argument. But instead, if the argument is well. We can have, in the, from a president standpoint, not from the AD or anything like that, because if ADs and football coaches had their way, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Like, the, the, the rest of the students would be at home, football players would be on campus, and they'd be the only ones, and they would have, like, in essence, some sort of bubble if, if they could help it. But this whole thing of having, like, like students come on and, and, and they're allowed to be on campus, and you want them to be on campus so you can collect those checks for your tuition and your, and your, your university doesn't go bankrupt – you can't. It's amazing to me the level of hypocrisy that's happened with this. It, it's just it's been mind blowing to watch. It really has. It's been mind blowing to watch. And I, and I will say, for the first time ever, that whole argument and I still heard it used the other day was, or today I guess. Wow, that's how long of a day it's been. Is is that, is that people saying, well, they just want them to play because the money. I I will I will stand by this 100 percent for the first time ever in my opinion. I really think that the the majority of college athletics and the and like from athletic departments, head coaches, all that kind of stuff, they do not want to play because of the check they're going to be catch they're going to be cashing and the money that it generates. I think it really is genuinely a better option for these kids to play a season and be on campus and and be under again the watchful eye of the of of stuff of all the benefits they would not have being at home or or just being on campus without playing. It's just Trevor Lawrence said the comment the other day and I, I said this weeks ago. So I said it first, Trevor. But like the whole thing, the whole thing about you know, like if 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 I'm a if I'm a player trying to get drafted, or if I'm I'm a cultural player that knows like this is on the line, I'm gonna be extra. I'm gonna be extra careful. I'm gonna do the things that like I, I'm supposed to be doing and taking care of, and, and 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 you know like the proper steps to make sure I'm safe and healthy. Well, if I'm if I don't have to play, like why why would I do that? And that's that's a point that's worth remembering in all of this, and. I, the numbers, the numbers need to be monitored, of course. Yeah, and, and you know will. what? If we if we all of a sudden see continued breakouts and teams having to quarantine left and right, and it's just like, hey, despite all the money that they're spending on these protocols, these testing, it's just not it's not working. We're yep. we're really worried about the fact that we still can't control this. Yeah, I, I get it. I want to see more than anything. Trust me. I, trust me. I, I absolutely want to see a college football season. Yeah. But if there is going to be a decision made to cancel the season, I want it to be informed. I don't want it necessarily to just be reactionary. I want it to feel like this was a move made for the true betterment of student-athletes if they felt like it was getting to the point where they just could not come up with the right protocols. And as frustrating as that would be, as frustrating yeah. as that would be, that would at least feel a little bit more informed than yeah. what we were getting over this weekend. And that was the tough thing to be able to sit here and and just accept. And I think that you've seen what once looked like, wow, it seems like a pipe dream that we're going to have a football season. I think that narrative has changed uh, at least a little bit. And I think that maybe by the time people are listening to this on Tuesday, we're going to know a very different yeah. story with what's going on with the Big Ten behind closed doors other than what's been leaked. But, man, stay tuned because yeah, it's going to get more we fun. We've got a long way to go. I will continue to say until it happens that the SEC, the premier conference in college athletics and college football especially, has no reason to go off just what the Big Ten is doing. That's all I'll say. We love Can you guys. You I hope all of you have a fantastic week. I gotta go watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, dude. Brooklyn Nine Nine's fantastic. We binge watched it in the in like the first month of quarantine. The whole thing. The whole thing. Oh, you got a real oh, yeah. problem, sir. You got a real problem. No, we watch like we we can burn through some shows. We so we did. Uh, this is totally off topic. Will you can cut this if you want. I don't no, really care. No, it's good that people love hearing about our lives. <laughs> <laughs> we started with okay, so we, like we watched Top Chef. We started watching like season fifteen or something yeah. like that live uh, yeah. like a couple years ago. We watched like you know the one season a year. And then we're like, hey, we have all the, the seasons of Top Chef on Hulu. We should just go back and watch all of them. So yeah. we watched, I think, 14 seasons 
of Top Chef like and like loser. three in like three months, I think. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, don't That's do the math much. on that. I'm not. It's too much. <laughs> you know, it's too much. much. It's a great show. It's a great show. <laughs> so we started watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it honestly might be my favorite o- above the Office. Like, like Ooh. not only only because, and I think this is part of it because I've been watching The Office for years and years and years. Oh damn it! SC Network just smooth transition into the 2019 LSU Tiger story. Um, but no, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> see, I hate them. Um, no, but it, like, I, I watched, I watched like a bunch of episodes last week, and I was like depressed about something. I forgot what it was, but I was like, I'm gonna go get some ice cream, and I'm gonna go watch this Brooklyn Nine Nine. That show's a riot. That show is a show's riot. Good. And I, we got, we got through the first season, and I was like, f, like, all right, 23 episodes is a lot of episodes, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, and I hope I'm not in trouble for saying that I did this, but because it was like it was background noise when I was working, so just the whole time, uh, barely paid attention to it, but. We like we watched that, and then like over the weekend we watched it, finished it, and I was like, "Oh, the good." There's seven seasons, so I don't know if I'll get through the whole thing, obviously. But it's 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 really funny. If you guys haven't watched it, do definitely yeah. definitely watch it. If you're a fan of uh, of The Office, Parks and Rec, yeah, sa- same writers that, that go with uh, Andy Samberg, uh, Michael Schur, right, man. It just yeah, and I'm I'm not up. even like a I'm not even a big like Andy Samberg guy, but also Palm Springs is really good too. You saw that um, as well. I will say real quick. Did you know? Remember I told you I did that that roast of um roast of twilight yes comedy yes. roast so they're having yes. another one they and they used to do these in person and when i was a skinnier be- more beautiful man i did the i was superman for one of them but like they're doing another one for the office and parks and rec so i need to know wow. i'll say from you guys yeah i know and so I, I i'm gonna sign up obviously i got i got um like first dibs on, on getting to do one of those so you guys tell me what character i need to be and if i swear to god if one of you says toby I will figure out a way to block you from ever listening to this podcast again. In the meantime, love you guys. Thank you so much for signing off. Yeah, we're done. We're done, right? I got two more things I got to explain. God dang it, Connor. Hurry up. All I wanted to to say was seriously, if you are not following us on social media, all that (laughs) stuff, maybe you just listen to the podcast. If there's ever a time to be following a college football website, Please do so right now. Yeah. Follow us on all forms of social media at SDS at SEC Football. Marlo does a great job on social media. Our news team, Y'all led by Michael and Adam, killing it right now. We're gonna have all the great planned content. We're yeah. reacting to all these different things. I woke up Sunday morning at seven a.m. and cranked out a fifteen hundred word column because I was like, you know what? That's probably what we need to do with college football seemingly on the brink right now. We are all, I promise working so hard yeah. to make sure that everybody is informed, has all the opinions out there, all the necessary news that are, are, you need to come up with these informed opinions. Because this is a time right now where if you just want to cherry pick your news, it's going to frustrate you, I promise yeah. you. But if you want to get a fully informed opinion, seriously, follow us on all forms of social media. Cannot recommend it enough. I, I will say I've been on fire. I like You know... Shout out to Mallory Blunt real quick, our, our correspondent from the White House, um, who's a huge Georgia fan, listens to this podcast, one of my favorite I mean, not people. our specific correspondent. Yeah, I mean, that, she that's, works that's, for that's the just White something House, I've heard yeah. on news a lot, but she works for the White House and listens to the podcast. That's very different. That's very <laughs> well, different. Well, whatever. Yeah. That's just a big word I was trying to use. I wrote it down next to all my workouts and stuff. My workouts were just <laughs> eating, eating cheese. So, um, But no, shout out to Mallory Blunt. She's fantastic. One of my favorite people, honestly, um, in, in 2020, for sure. Just She's an incredible light in this dark abyss that has been happening with like the world of college football and stuff but um yeah she's she was killing it today too she's she's been on fire with a lot of their stuff and and she she gave me a shout out she was like you have been on fire and i gotta say guys i feel good i feel pretty good right now shout out to duff our boss who even said today he's like hey make fun of the big 10 more and it was like that scene in rudy when like rudy rudy comes up and he's like you ready champ wait for this my whole life like yeah, man. Like I get to make fun of the Big Ten for a job. Let's do this. Anyway, that uh, from uh, Tex Ags, the Jerry Maguire spoof video. I don't know if you I, saw that. I so I thought about doing that last night. Legitimately, I was like, this okay. this would be this is the perfect thing. But I was like, do enough people get Jerry Maguire? Because I I didn't know if like yeah, it, it was hilarious. It it, it I worked out really well. The front the porch. Go ahead. The part about the Pac-12 was what got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every single time. Dude, it was just so funny. Another shout out. Let's you know what? Let's just keep the positivity train going. Uh, I'll give a shout out real quick to Front Porch Football. If you're not following okay. them, go follow them. They are. These are guys. They just. They just only did videos and like memes and stuff. They actually, I think they actually might have been the ones that helped me figure out how to do one of the apps that I learned how to do all this stuff in. Um, but they make they make video memes and, and whatever you want to call them. 
of like from the office especially but they're the ones that came out with the one today that i retweeted from sds that was the ricky bobby one mm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was good that every was time terrible. i watched it and it was the scene was like no no he needs to know he's always crying and he's talking about the end don't you put that evil on me ricky bobby anyway all right was that all i think i think that's that's just gonna about cover it plan yeah. for this week we're just gonna react to news. I think that's the best Shit. way to go about it. Um, who knows yeah. where we're gonna be at next time that we talk to everybody. But uh, man, this has just been such a wild time, and we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna kind of mix it up. And on an as-needed basis, we are going to record. We're still gonna be providing yeah. a lot of great content. Will this blank into that. existence, y'all? That we are having a college football season. I'll say it Fingers again. crossed, man. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right, bro. Great All job right. as always. All right. What do we need to remember, Marler? We're playing football this year because it might mean too much. Talk to you guys soon.